you for watching About Sports. Make sure to leave a like and a follow so you're alerted every time we upload a new podcast. Without further ado, let's get right into things. Well, welcome back to About Sports. Thank you for tuning in today and thank you for listening. Uh, It has been a while since we have recorded a podcast. Uh, I think it's almost been a week exact. Uh, We had a busy week this week. A lot of sports has happened since we last talked and I've had a lot of uh, exams to study for. Thankfully, those exams got pushed back. I've been working a lot and so I've had a busy, busy week and there was a lot of sports, college football. We wrapped up the NBA conference finals. Uh, We got a big, big test of some NFL fake teams and those teams flopped miserably. Uh, But yeah, just overall, a lot of stuff has happened this past week since the last time we were together. And man, if you have been outside again, again, I say this, I feel like every episode, if you have been outside today and you live in the Memphis area, just an absolute beautiful day. I mean, just incredible. I don't know how it is in other parts of Tennessee or in other parts of the United States. Um, I don't think I have anyone across the world listening to About Sports yet, yet, Uh, but I don't know how the weather is there, but right here in Memphis, Tennessee, sun is shining. It is a nice, cool 60 degrees, a little chilly in the morning, perfect for you to go outside with a cup of coffee and a light jacket. Uh, It's just an absolute beautiful start to October, an absolute beautiful ending to a late September. And here we are. Uh, We're getting tuned up in the NFL. We're starting to see a lot of teams. Offense is starting to get rolling again. A lot of teams' defenses are starting to get cooking again. We're starting to see NFL teams take shape uh, without the preseason. Technically, this week would be week four, and so you would considerably had four weeks of preseason. And so maybe next week would be like where we see week one football and everything. But I, I'm telling you, I think teams are starting to get in their flow, in their rhythm. Um, for example, the Buffalo Bills, they are a really good football team. I got to say, they have the perfect amount of talent on their roster. Uh, Josh Allen, if you've watched him this year, he is a high high, high MVP candidate. I said it at his game on Thanksgiving last year when he absolutely himself single-handedly handed the Dallas Cowboys a fat with a PHL on Thanksgiving Day last year. Josh Allen is a high MVP candidate again, especially this year, and they can play some good football. I mean, if you remember Sunday, the Rams crawled back against them, and they even took the lead. The Bills... We're going to lose, it looks like, uh, but they held on and got the win. Uh, There was a controversial pass interference call uh, that still doesn't negate the fact that Josh Allen threw for four touchdowns, 311 yards. That pass interference call doesn't negate that at all. And again, the Buffalo Bills, they're really, really good. Josh Allen is a flat-out B-A-L-L-E-R. The man is a flat-out baller. Uh, To me, to put them in the next tier, to be like, look out, this is a team that could win the Super Bowl. I mean, they're there. They could easily get to the AFC Championship. Uh, But they have to win a couple more big games to prove, like, they're legit. Like, they are the team. But I'm telling you, that team is good. They've got a good defense. Uh, they got a good defensive line, a good secondary, and 
I mean, Stephon Diggs is there. John Brown is still balling out. I thought he would, I thought his touches, not his touches, his catches would go down. I thought how he was playing would go down as a whole because he wasn't the number one guy. Cole Beasley is still balling out. And as a former Cowboy, I like hearing that Cole Beasley is still balling out. Uh, it's rare for a team to have a 28-3 lead and then lose the lead and still win the game. Just ask the Falcons how that goes. Uh, but for me to be sold on the Bills, they need to win a couple of more big games. And the fact that they held on against the Rams, who at the time were, what, 2-0? and Yeah, who at the time were 2-0, and and the Rams crawled back and even took the lead after being down 28-3. The fact that they still held on to that win, that says a lot. Now, it also says a lot that they let them crawl back, but the Rams are a good team. I mean, can you give coaches a hats off anymore? Is it okay to say, hey, coach, good job rallying your team? Like, good job. Why does it always have to be a knock on the other team? Sometimes it legit takes a team a half to wake up. Uh, I think Sean McVay is still a good coach. I think he had a couple of down years since he went to the Super Bowl, but I think they're going to be a good team this year. I think they'll make the playoffs. They're going to be a team that you don't want to meet in the playoffs. Uh, but I really don't know what to expect out of the AFC. I mean, the Chiefs are insanely good again. I, I think they're going to two-peat this year. I think they're going to win back-to-back Super Bowls. The Ravens are explosive. Uh, but we always see how explosive teams go and like how they end up in the playoffs. It can go in your favor if you start off hot and you stay hot. Or it can be against you because you can't win the nitty and gritty games, which we saw with the Ravens and the Chiefs Monday night. Uh, But it can go against you if you don't get hot, if you don't get heated. We saw this with Dallas in 2016, 13-3. They go in and play the Green Bay Packers. And Dallas, they they were heated, and then they had a couple of plays where you're like, oh, a couple of drives where they dropped the ball, and at the end of the game, they just couldn't pull it out. And they gave it back to their defense, but you get those big plays, and you get the big play teams, and they don't know how to milk the clock well. They don't know how to put a game away on a game-ending drive. And so, and we saw that with the Ravens last year against the Titans. Uh, New England is always as well. They're always coached really well. Um, and they're a team to look out for. I don't think they have enough pieces, but Cam Newton's balling out. And they destroyed the Raiders. The Raiders were in, literally in a, a legit or phony test this Sunday, and they got destroyed. Uh, are they a phony? I don't know. But uh, if you look at that game and you say, Raiders, legit or phony, looking at that game, I'd say phony. Phonies. Uh, because we all, I thought that the Saints would lose to the Raiders. I wasn't like shook like, oh, the Raiders are winning the Super Bowl. The Raiders are still a good team. They still have a good offensive line. Uh, but obviously they've still got a lot to go. I mean, they I don't I don't totally believe in Derek Carr. Um, so they've got they've got some room in the quarterback room. I think a switch to Marcus Mariota will happen this season. I don't know when, but I think it will happen. Um, I feel like New England is always the team that puts these other, in quotation mark, potential teams, in quotation mark, to the test. They're, New England is the team. They're the litmus test of the NFL. If you're good, you're going to hang in there with the, Raid, uh, with the, with the Patriots. If you're bad, they're going to blow you out. They're going to show you why you're a terrible team and why you're phonies. Uh, if you can hang with New England, then you can probably hang with the best of them. Um, you've got Pittsburgh. 
Pittsburgh looking really good with a strong team, specifically that defense. This is a team to look out for, specifically because Big Ben has been hurt recently. He's got a chip on his shoulder. He's throwing some dots. He's throwing some dimes. He's throwing some bullets. He's throwing the football really well. He's got that arm sleeve, and he said he likes it because it keeps his arm loose and nice and warm and stuff. And that defense is really good, really, really good. So I don't know. I mean, the Titans, the Titans, they are a daggum good football team. Mike Vrabel is smart. He knows his football. He knows how to call plays, and he trusts the process, not just with his players, but through the whole game. He hangs in there with games. He is a winner. If you're the Tennessee Titans, I would not let Mike Vrabel go at all unless something happened and y'all just can't get out of nine and seven seasons or six and ten seasons heck I'd settle for nine and seven with Mike Vrabel because he went into New England and beat New England he went into Baltimore and beat Baltimore Mike Vrabel is a good coach uh but yeah when you watch the Titans you can tell they respect their coach you can tell that they respect Mike Vrabel they believe in him and he obviously believes in them I like Mike Vrabel and the Titans I would love to see them in the Super Bowl live as a as someone who lives in Tennessee. I would love that. They're a likable team and they're tough. They don't give up. They they persevere to the end. Mike Vrabel is building a good culture here in Tennessee. And I'm I'm saying this right now. I think Mike Vrabel will win the Titans, not just one or two, but a few Super Bowls depending on how long he stays there. Like this is a coach I think could stay there for 15 years and win 3 Super Bowls. Uh, they add pieces to this team when they need the pieces. They didn't draft well this past year, but they got a lot of stuff right in free agency. Ryan Tannehill threw for 321 yards. He didn't throw any touchdowns this past Sunday. He threw one interception. Not a bad game, but not a good game. Those 321 yards are a lot of yards, though. I don't think we give enough credit anymore for the 300 mark. But... He helped move the ball down the field. Mike Vrabel is making Ryan Tannehill a good quarterback. And then, here's here's where the Titans scare me. They don't have to bank on Ryan Tannehill having a good game or Derrick Henry having a good game. It doesn't matter because they're so well coached. They're, they play so well that Derrick Henry can have a good game or Ryan Tannehill can have a good game and they can still win. And let's just be honest. Steven Guskowski is the best player of the week I mean he better be player of the week for the next eight weeks that man oh my good grief six for six on field goals and his longest was 55 yards and oh yeah that 55 yarder was the game winner this past Sunday I mean just my goodness but I gotta say this about Patrick Mahomes and his performance Monday night just a little duh moment Mahomes might be the most talented quarterback to ever play in the NFL I mean, he's just absolutely insane. You, you think maybe, oh, is Baltimore going to have a chip on their shoulder from not beating the Titans last year and everyone thinks the Chiefs are going to win it again? Are they going to play? I mean, he just handled that game perfectly. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, I, the Chiefs, I think I, I think everybody is a step or two behind the Chiefs. So if you're a Chiefs fan, enjoy it. And switching it up to the NFC My goodness, you guys know I had to talk about this. The Dallas Cowboys. 
Now, I know it's been a minute since Sunday, and I know, I know, I know, things have kind of died down, uh, but for those of you who listen, you know, you've probably been waiting for this. What's he going to say about the Cowboys? Because a lot of people find it like comical when a Cowboys fan talks about their Cowboys team after a Sunday win or a Sunday loss, and I'm just gonna be I'm just gonna be completely honest with you. Dallas needs to make a trade on their defense. The Seahawks' first touchdown, I think, it was their second play. It was to a wide open Tyler Lockett, wide open. No one was near him. That first touchdown, and they had two two more. That first touchdown, though, validates my point. They have to make a trade on that defense if they want to be a legit contender. They're a contender. Dallas is always a contender. Let's be real. Every year, except for 2015, it seems like Dallas has been a contender. Dallas has a good roster. Dallas, can they finally put the pieces together? Dallas, can they finally do this? Dallas is always a contender, but they're never a legit contender. Dak in that offense on the first drive came out hot. They were marching down the field. And then the defense just goes out and gets absolutely bullied the whole game. And Dak is over there just throwing the ball around, almost through for 500 yards. And he is balling out. Dak is cooking. And the defense is just getting bullied. They can't cover anybody. They're letting people behind them. It's literally like they're watching, say you work at a store and you watch somebody grab a bag full of groceries and they just run out. And you ask your coworker, I wonder where they're going. And you're working the cash register. That's what the Dallas Cowboys secondary is like. Now I'll say this, Trayvon Diggs and Alden Smith are the best players Dallas has on their defense and they are really good players. Uh, or either that, the rest of the Dallas Cowboys defense is really bad. But Trayvon Diggs doesn't give up, and Alden Smith is just as good as he was when he left the NFL. Diggs, I mean, he got burnt by DK. DK's slowing down thinking he's going to have a touchdown, and Diggs comes up, punches the ball out, and it goes out of the end zone for a touchback. I I was, like, insanely blown away by Trayvon Diggs again. Uh, The way he's been playing – He's going to be a baller in this league. Keep in mind his brother is Stephon Diggs, and Stephon Diggs is a baller. So if Stephon Diggs is that much of a baller, how much do you think Trayvon Diggs is going to be a baller? Uh, but by the way, I'm going to say this. I think Dallas loses this Sunday to the Browns. The Browns have a better offensive line. They have a better defensive line. Miles Garrett's on that defensive line. Dallas is still not looking like they're going to get – Tyron Smith and Lyle Collins back. We saw that later in this week. It doesn't look like they're going to have them back. And so this is a recipe for disaster. All of us Cowboys fans were looking at this to be another bounce back game. We'll get to two and two, and then we'll get to maybe five and five and three here in the next few weeks, and Dallas might be legit again. No, I think Dallas loses this Sunday. This is a recipe for disaster for Dallas. I've seen this and I've lived this multiple times as a Dallas fan. Dallas has no pass rush. They can't contain the run or the pass, and the Browns have a great running back room. Nick Chubb is going to have a field day against that Dallas Cowboys defense and oh did you see DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett against that Cowboys secondary last week keep in mind the Browns have Jarvis Juice Landry and Odell Beckham Jr. guess what Odell's played against this team a lot he's played against them what 10 12 times now this will be what is 13th OBJ is going to have a field day. Keep in mind, OBJ's famous one-handed catch with a pass interference. He was pass interfered with on the catch was against Dallas in 2014. He, 
this this Browns team is it's gonna be their Super Bowl Sunday. Don't be shocked. The Cleveland Browns they're gonna look like they are Super Bowl bound against the Dallas Cowboys, and everybody is gonna be like, man, the Cowboys are that bad. And yes, they are. That's why Dallas needs to make a trade. They're not even entertaining the thought. They've been asked about it back to back weeks, and what's been said from Mike McCarthy and Jerry Jones and Stephen Jones. Oh, well, we like the guys we have. Really? You like your guys literally letting other wide receivers pull a John Cena and say, you can't see me, and just walk past them to the end zone? You take away one of those touchdowns, one of those wide-open touchdowns. You take away the big chunk play. You take away that big first touchdown that sparked the Seahawks' energy. I bet you money Dallas wins that game. The Seahawks had a couple of big plays. Dallas would stall them out every now and then. Dallas's defense did what did enough to win the game, but they did so much to lose the game. It's 50-50 with this team. It's so hard it's so hard to explain the Dallas Cowboys and that's how we know they're going to be 9 and 7 or 8 and 8 because we've seen this before. Dallas, if you want if you want to win, make a trade. If you want to win, if you want to be a legit contender, make a trade. Make a trade. Go sign a free agent. We let go of HaHa Clinton Dix. I don't think HaHa Clinton Dix, he might get burned, but he's not going to let somebody just walk right past him like we have right now. And Earl Thomas is still out there. Interview. Do something because what we have is not working. If you don't think a trade will work, I will gladly turn you to the Minka Fitzpatrick trade last year. I think I said this on the last episode where Minka Fitzpatrick with the Pittsburgh Steelers after being traded from the Miami Dolphins single-handedly won the Pittsburgh Steelers Two games because of his defense. He broke up so many passes and he had multiple interceptions in those first two games. Dallas, go make a trade. Go make a trade for a defensive lineman to help Alden Smith out, to help Demarcus Lawrence out. Now, I know we get Randy Gregory back. Are we still going to bank on him? I mean, what happens if we go through the same process again and he gets suspended again? Are you going to bank on that? And then plus, he's coming in way late in the season. I think it's like week 10 he's coming in. You go. You need to go make a trade now. Get some pass rush. Help out because I think there's potential in this cornerback room. Jordan Lewis, Chidobe Awujie who's also not playing this Sunday. It looks like he got hurt at practice. Uh, You've got Trayvon Diggs, Anthony Brown. I mean, there's potential in this cornerback room. These are decent cornerbacks. I think they all could be a top 25 cornerback. But guess what? With no pass rush there and the quarterback has eight seconds to throw the football, of course, big plays are going to happen. So go get a pass rusher or go get somebody who's going to lock down better. Go get a pro bowl cornerback to help lock down so he can mentor these younger guys and so that can help. Because it's it's back and forth. If you if your guys are getting wide open, then the pass rush is going to get exhausted and every two it feels like every 2 seconds there's a quick slant getting completed for a 35-yard gain. Go make a trade. Any trade for this Dallas defense would be good. A defensive lineman. Dallas's defensive line is loaded with talent. You get a good player that can distract, that can take away the others focusing on Alden Smith or Demarcus Lawrence, then guess what? That's going to free them up. It's the same thing with the running game and the deep passing game. It's like play action on defense. Go make a trade, Dallas. Go make a trade. And by the way, Demarcus Lawrence, I, I say that out of hope, out of faith that he is still a good player. Once he got his money, that boy ain't been hot since. I feel like he's only got two sacks since he got the big payday. My gosh. 
But if Dallas, yeah, if you want to be legit, go out and uh, trade for a good all-pro defensive player. Doesn't matter where at. It's needed on that team. And I guarantee you it would make a difference. Now, Gerald McCoy being hurt, obviously that that's rough because Gerald McCoy is a baller. But, uh, gosh, I mean, you look at that Dallas defensive line, it is still so good. Everson Griffin, Dontari Poe, just – Anyways, but yeah, I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this. My 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 final two teams in each conference of NFL right now. If we were to go into the playoffs right now, it would be obviously the Kansas City Chiefs easily AFC. And I'm gonna tell you this right now. I've got the Tennessee Titans. I got a rematch in the AFC Championship. They're just too disciplined. They're playing good football, and they hang in there. And then flip side on the NFC, I've got Green Bay and Seattle. Green Bay's playing excellent football. This Green Bay team scares me more than the team they had when they won the Super Bowl in 2013, I believe. I mean, they haven't had a team like this since that Super Bowl, and that Super Bowl team was good. This team's good. And guess what? They're winning games really well by 10-point spreads without Devontae Adams. So what does that tell you? You know, I mean, Aaron Rodgers, them drafting Jordan Love was the best thing they could do because they're going to have a quarterback when Aaron Rodgers leaves, and they're going to have a they're going to step up Aaron Rodgers' game. I don't think he leaves Green Bay, but if he does, man, that's going to be awesome, especially if he does a Brett Favre and goes back to um, – if he goes to, like, Minnesota or something. Uh, but switching to – College football. Man, I got to tell you, college football this weekend was an absolute blast, was it not? What a crazy weekend. We had quite a few upsets, especially in the top 10. Tennessee is on a seven-game winning streak. And I just got to talk about this before we talk about anything else. The Tennessee Volunteers are on a seven-game win streak. Now, I know it was against South Carolina, and I even predicted them to lose. And for a minute there, I thought they were going to. I think every Tennessee fan thought they were going to. Uh, But I think Tennessee's a good team. I I really do. Now, time will tell. I'm I'm giving Tennessee the benefit of the doubt. As an Alabama fan, I'm not going to sit here and trash talk you, even though I want to. I'll say this. Tennessee is a good team. Now, if they had a better quarterback, I'd say – I. Maybe be like, yes, Tennessee is good. But your quarterback plays a little iffy for me. There's some defensive stuff that's a little iffy for me. And just is the – what is the intensity like? You know, but I'm just going to give them the benefit of the doubt. I can't believe I'm saying this. Tennessee is a good team. Phillip Fulmer won a lot of games like Tennessee did with South Carolina this past Saturday. I know. It was a close game. And Tennessee was expected to win. And I thought if Tennessee won, it would be by a bigger margin. But no offseason programs. I got to give them that. But they might be good. They might be good. This might be the year Tennessee might upset Alabama because I just don't see Alabama going undefeated. I don't see any SEC team going undefeated. And this week one proves that. They still have a lot to prove. But, uh, gosh, if they can do that consistently, that's that's pretty good. Uh, now, let me pump the brakes because I am a Bama fan on them. They have to prove a lot more. It's a South Carolina game, okay? You've got to prove a lot more. I'm worried for them for Missouri this week. 
Are you going to let Missouri top it off on you? I mean, Missouri's going to be the same caliber South Carolina was. They're going to be the same play level, skill level. Does Missouri look at the tape and be like, we know how to top this game off? But I'll say this. That game this Saturday was games Tennessee three or four years ago. They were losing. So I got to say, give Tennessee the benefit of the doubt. I'll give it to them. A seven-game win streak is impressive, and it's really good. But let me tell you something, Tennessee fans. You're not going to like what I'm about to say. Alabama looked phenomenal. Absolutely incredible, Alabama. Look, I got to tell you, I, I I haven't watched Ohio State play, but I am excited for this Alabama team because I saw that they had a chip on their shoulder. Ever since Clemson beat them, they haven't been the same. And even when they started off week one of last season after Clemson destroyed them, I was like, oh my gosh, they're, like, they're literally mentally beat. But let me tell you, Mac Jones has a laser, and I know it was against Missouri, but he's going to post Heisman yum, Heisman numbers this year. You watch it. You watch Mac Jones post Heisman numbers. Everybody's saying, calm down. It was Missouri's defense. Okay, fine. Go watch his bowl game against freaking Michigan. He destroyed Michigan too. The man was mastering NFL concepts against Michigan on his first start. Mac Jones is going to be a Heisman level quarterback, no doubt in my mind. Not to mention Bryce Young underneath him. Bryce Young got playing time. Bryce Young balled out. Alabama absolutely destroyed Missouri, and I was worried Alabama would only win by 10 points, but Alabama looked phenomenal in this game. Alabama had Dylan Moses back, and we see the impact he has on this team. He didn't play last year, which I think was a big thing. I feel like he was the Tua Tungavaola of the defense, but we saw Dylan Moses and the impact he had shooting the A gap and the B gap. Don't rule out the seven seniors that decided to skip the draft and come back to play one more year with Alabama. They said, you know what, Coach Saban, we could go be potentially first day pick in the draft, definitely a second day pick, but you know what? We want to win one more natty to solidify our first day pick, but also to solidify your greatness, Nick Saban, and to solidify that Alabama is still the best team in the nation. All right, I'll calm down a little bit. I'm just saying Alabama looked really, really good. And with the year of COVID, teams like Alabama and Clemson and potentially Ohio State, I don't know about that coach, but Ohio State's culture that Urban Meyer created there, yes, those teams I think they're going to be the teams to watch out for because that those teams, those cultures are built up. Tennessee's in a building culture mode. They're building the culture that they're trying to get to. Alabama, Clemson, and Ohio State aren't. Okay, these, these are the teams that I think are going to lean back on what they have been taught in previous years. And I'm not even talking about from when they've been there. I'm talking about from years like five or six years after, before they got there. I'm talking about the culture that the Alabama 2015 team sat up for the team that we see now. That's what I'm talking about. With the year of COVID, I think these teams are going to be the teams. Of course, they're the teams every year, but even more now, they're going to have the upper hand. And Nick Saban, that man is determined. He's like in LeBron James playoff mode right now. Uh, but my goodness, Alabama. No one knows what to expect out of the SEC, but Alabama looked phenomenal. And you don't even have to be a Bama fan. 
I'm not trying to be, I know I am right now, but I'm not trying to be the obnoxious Alabama fan. In fact, I have a friend, I've been texting him a lot recently, his name's Hayden Durham. He's big into college football, he's slowly starting to get in NFL, and I'm texting him saying, dude, I'm worried about this Bama game. Like, I am legit worried that the culture is slipping from Nick Saban's fingertips, and like, this is, it's completely dying out. And I saw that game, and I saw the intensity, Jalen Waddle is insanely good, and I was just mind blown. I'm like, how? How does Nick Saban do it year after year? And then I flip to the Florida game. I'm going to say this. Florida's going to be good. They're real good. They're not going to be good. They are real good. They easily have the best kicker in the nation. And I say that, and you say, what, what does that have to do against Alabama? Alabama has no kicker. They can never get a kicker. Florida has the, oh my gosh, he has the best, they have the best kicker in the nation, hands down, hands down. Florida is a good team, Dan Mullins is a good coach, and he doesn't get enough credit, he had Mississippi State ranked number one for I think five weeks, I mean Dan Mullins is a really, really good coach. Also, Oklahoma, they lost. To, they lost. Oh my gosh! How I don't know how they were blowing them out. Hayden texted me and they he said Oklahoma laughing emoji. I was like, what happened? I checked the score. I thought Oklahoma was easily winning. I turned it off at halftime and they lost. Here's a concept for you. Here's a concept for you. If you're a Minnesota Viking fan or a Houston Texans fan, you're gonna like this. Lincoln Riley. This is gonna be the newspaper article this season. This offseason, Lincoln Riley to the NFL, head coach of the Minnesota Vikings or the Houston Texans. I specifically think the Minnesota Vikings. I think he fits the culture. I think they need a new young coach like that. I think he could fit the culture in Houston. I mean, Oklahoma's right next door. I think he could fit that culture there. But when I think of Lincoln Riley, I legit, and I picture him in his uniform, and I put picture him and the colors he's wearing and I picture him just where he's coaching I think Minnesota is the team they are prone for a young coach with good offense potential explosive Lincoln Riley to the NFL this offseason I think it's going to be a newspaper article I think it'll pop I think it could happen Lincoln Riley NFL Minnesota or Texans and if I if I'm a fan of either one of those teams I'll take it because if Lincoln Riley comes to Minnesota we're going to ball out with Dalvin Cook, Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen. I mean, they, they've got potential on that team. Irv Smith, I don't know. And if he comes to Houston, oh, yeah, he's going to ball out with Deshaun Watson and Will Fuller. Easily, easily. Switching it up to NBA. Game one of the finals was last night. And LeBron and the Lakers are taking on Jimmy Butler and the Miami Heat. And I'll just say this, my conference championships for the NBA failed miserably. But I got to tell you this, LeBron just looks absolutely focused. I mean, he he was the one who closed out the Nuggets and Lakers game. Dropping three, threes in, in that game, mean mugging while he was doing it. But LeBron just looks focused. I think he's more hungry than he ever has been, than he ever will be. And with Kobe passing earlier this year and everything that has gone on with the social injustice 
and the MVP voting, which he already expressed his emotions about. I think LeBron is out to approve another point. I think he's out here to prove to the NBA people watching at home, to the NBA critics, to the NBA everything, to the NBA overall. I think he's out to prove this one thing, again, that he's the best player in the world. Guys, it's simple. I, did, I never would thought I would be the one to admit this, but he's out to prove he is still the best player in the world. Now, there's a lot of young potential. Giannis is there, right behind him. Kwai's there, right behind him. I mean, there's so much potential right behind him, but there, he's still a step ahead of him. Every year, he has improved something. He's improved his three game. He's improved his passing game. Every year, what he needed to work on, he's worked on. Now, there were years he would just be LeBron. He would drive against anybody he wanted to, play phenomenal defense. He did whatever he wanted to. And then we started seeing that his numbers go down in that, and he's like, okay, i got to change my game. Fine, I'll just start drilling threes. I'll just step up my shooter game, and I'll just start knocking them down like that. I've always wanted to be this big primetime offensive player that can take a game-winning shot. He's out to prove he's the best player in the world. You want me to tell you how it's simple? Game one, NBA Finals, LeBron dominated. One assist away from a triple-double. He had 25 points, 13 rebounds, and 9 assists in game one of the Finals. Just a complete domination on the court. It also helps that Anthony Davis is balling out with him as well. Anthony Davis, he finished with 9 rebounds, 5 assists, and 34 points. If LeBron and Anthony Davis play remotely close to how they played in Game 1, if they play like this the rest of the series, or just remotely close to it, the Lakers are going to win this series in 5. Easily. Easily. I think they went on a 70-33 to run after being down, what, was it 14? I, I, I didn't watch the beginning of the game. I watched the second half. I mean, they just absolutely destroyed them. They went, after they got down, they were like, okay, fine. And they went on a run, and they never let up. The Lakers are going to win this in five if they if LeBron and Anthony Davis keep playing like this. Because Jimmy Butler had a good game. Tyler Hero, for a little bit, was the only reason that the Heat could think of a comeback even happening. He was the one that kept making some threes, and he was the one that just, for a little bit there, for a couple of minutes, like they were already getting blown out. But you're like, man, Tyler Hero is the reason that this game is still somewhat in a grasp of maybe a potential comeback. This is LeBron's series but, I mean, I'll give Davis some credit. It's LeBron and Anthony Davis's series. It's their game. It's their series, period. Anthony Davis is trying to win his first finals. LeBron is proving a point. Nothing about it. Le- Le- LeBron and Anthony Davis scored a combined points of 59. 59 points. they putting their points together. They outscored the rest of the starting lineup by 33 points. They outscored the bench by 28 points. This is their series. This is their series. It's not even close. 
LeBron and how he balled out and almost having a triple-double, I think Anthony Davis helps, and I think he does need some help. But I, I legit, I'm going to say this. When I saw LeBron beat the Warriors in 3-1 finals by himself, basically, I mean, he had nobody there to help anymore. When I saw him come back, I was like, LeBron's the best player. It was like when it was like when Tom Brady came back from 28-3. It was like, Tom Brady's the GOAT. Tom Brady's the best quarterback to ever play. Like he, I didn't want to admit it, but I had to at that point. I, I, I don't have an argument for that. And I, again, I don't have an argument for this. When they won their conference championship and he just sat there with a look on his face like, okay, cool. Like, I've been here before. He's like, I'm going to the finals. I want to win a finals. I'm tired of people saying I'm not the best player. When I saw that face, whatever. Forget it. It's LeBron's, it's LeBron's series. This is his thing. He, he, he has proven his case. He's putting the Lakers back up on top like they belong. That's what he said. Wrapping it up today, Manny Pacquiao set to fight Conor McGregor. Oh, my gosh. What is going on in the boxing world? Floyd Mayweather. I have a qu- <laughs> when I when I saw this breaking news, Manny Pacquiao to fight Conor McGregor. I texted T, and if you guys listened to the first episode, we had talked about Logan Paul and Floyd Mayweather. And I texted T. I said, "Is this Pacquiao and McGregor fight? Is this going to happen on the Mayweather and Paul fight card? Like, are they going to be in the same night? Are we going to be that blessed?" Uh, but what is going on in the boxing world? Now, I like this one a little bit more than Floyd Mayweather and Logan Paul. Uh, I think Conor McGregor might have a better chance of winning this one. I'm not completely sure. He might get knocked out. Who knows? Um, but what is going on? I, I tell you, I'm, I'm getting into some boxing recently. I'm enjoying this. I am enjoying this boxing world. Now, I do like this. the reason of the fight. Manny Pacquiao is doing it as a charity event from his, uh, from his home place. I forget where he's from. Uh, uh but he's doing it as a charity for COVID-19. The fight will be in 2021. And all the profit made is going to go back to where he's from. And I love that. I mean, that just, to me, that's kind of like old school. That's kind of like, yes, like love your country, love where you're from, love your roots. And so I like it. I think this will be a good fight. I Maybe Conor McGregor will do better than he did against Floyd. Um, maybe he won't, but... I don't, I don't really know what's up with Conor McGregor because he won his fight coming back from whatever he was doing. He won his fight coming back in the UFC. Everybody thought he was going to fight. UFC is completely different than when I used to watch it, but everybody thought he was going to, after he beat Cowboy, everybody thought he was going to fight someone else, and he's like, no, I'm retiring. And so now he's like, okay, I'll fight Manny. Like, yeah, dude, like, you're good at UFC. You're not good at boxing. Just stick to mixed martial arts. But, yeah, I'm, I'm enjoying boxing world right now. I'm enjoying what's going on. I think I'll enjoy these uh, next few fights that are big name fights, and I think it'll help ease me more into the transition. I follow Ryan Garcia as he's making his come up, and I'm going to follow him along his whole journey to the big stage. Uh, but, you know, I'm getting into boxing a little bit more. Um, I got out of UFC a while ago, but I'm getting back into that as well. And so I'm, I'm, I'm starting to realize these names over and over again. It just seems like they're always continuously rotating now uh, because you could watch them with Ultimate Fighter TV show and stuff, and you just don't have that anymore. So anyways, but hey, guys, thanks for listening to About Sports. Um, I hope you guys enjoy this. Hey, don't forget to subscribe so you're notified every time we post a 
podcast. Uh, a lot of good things coming on the podcast soon. We've got a guest coming soon to join us. Eventually, we'll get video for you guys who are one of those podcast listeners that likes to sit down and watch a video. Eventually, we'll get that rolling for you guys. I have the equipment. It's just a matter of getting a select studio environment and setting it up and all, all of that stuff. But hey, again, thank you for listening to About Sports. Until next time, I am your host, AB, and I am out of here. We'll see you next time. Peace.